What's up, everyone? It's the 6th of June, 2020. I'm your host, Justin, and as always, I'm joined by Perry. Hey, Justin. I was curious, was your dad a boxer? No, no, he was not. Mm, that's weird, because damn, you're a knockout. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, I've never heard that. <laughs> I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised I don't get it more often. I am too. <laughs> um, we actually attempted to record an episode in between this, and unfortunately our <laughs> file got corrupted, so I'm sorry, everybody. You guys missed out on that. Uh, we'll we'll try again here in the near future to get back to our two episodes a week. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we plan on doing two two episodes a week going forward. Uh, there should have been two episodes this week, but our apologies. Uh, we really tried. We're still trying actually yeah. to get these files uncorrupted, but it's not looking very positive. <laughs> <laughs> Got a couple still shots out of it. It was yeah. awesome too. We did a mock draft with a bunch mm -hmm. of people out in the league, uh, or in the league in, in in the community. One of them is in the league that the National Football League. He uh, works for NF or the NFL Network. Uh, so it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we'll probably be doing a lot of mock drafts and bringing people in and stuff. So uh, if you're interested, please pay attention to Twitter. If you're not uh, following us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter. Justin will usually send something out if we're looking for people to fill in. And, yeah, you could do a mock draft with us at some point. So. <clears throat> yeah, but this episode, we're, we're going to start a little uh, a multi-series <clears throat> uh here multi-episode series uh and we're going to cover the like each one of the divisions so uh one at a time we're going to go through the afc west here today mm -hmm. uh, yep. each team and their fantasy relevance yeah exactly we'll be covering a lot of their fantasy relevance uh some possible fantasy relevance you know kind of sleeper territory um yeah and, yeah like justin said we'll start with the afc west today and we'll do the NFC West next week. All right. Well, you <clears throat> want to get us into some news, Perry? Yeah. Uh, so I don't really have a whole lot of news to talk about. Justin and I were just talking before the show. And we felt with our platform that we have here, uh, no matter how small it is, right, we, we do have people to, like, to listen to us. We thought we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't talk about what's going on in the world right now. So I just wanted to say on behalf of clock management, uh, both Justin and I and anybody else that likes to come on our show, we fully support the, the Black Lives Matter protests that are going on right now. I think that any peaceful protest is a good protest, especially when we're talking about saving lives. Uh, the terrible thing that happened to George Floyd uh, does not sit easy with either of us uh, and we just want everybody to know that black lives do matter and we fully believe that. Um, and we just want everybody to stay safe out there and please keep fighting for change peacefully. Uh, we support you 100%. Yeah. Um, it's been crazy time out there. And that, I mean, obviously the NFL news has taken a huge backseat to, to real life out there. So uh, not too much of that going around. Uh, yeah. But we're, we're going to try and uh, stay on topic here for us with football as well. I do have some news no one cares about, so a little bit of a lighter note here. Yeah, uh, let's do that. Yeah, but before I get to that, I mean, make sure you guys subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, you can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now iHeartRadio. Uh, one of the newest platforms we're on, so... Make sure you check us out there. Follow us on that as well. Thanks for getting us on there, Justin. Yeah, my pleasure. I hopefully get us on, on a few more in the next few weeks. Um, right on. But All yeah, right. let's get us into some news no one cares about, Perry. Uh, Please, take me for a ride. Yeah, so this, speaking, oh, perfect segue, Perry, because James Conner surprised his dad with a brand new truck yesterday. Oh my! Yeah, and I thought I would start it, start with like some positive news, especially about James Conner, 
because I'm going to be talking very badly about him a lot this preseason. And I just want you guys to know I don't hate him as a person. He's a great person, obviously. He's no TJ Yeldon. Yeah. (laughs) His ADP makes me have to hate him and talk badly about him. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so I start out on a good note. Uh, Continuing, I guess, on a good note, Luke Keekley is returning to the Panthers as a scout. I think, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think that's great for them. Good to see him uh, returning to the NFL in some form. I was kind of surprised to hear about his early retirement, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm just glad he maintained a good relationship with the organization and everything through it. Yeah, yeah, totally. He's He was an incredible player. Yeah. I, I like. He was one of those guys that you hated to play against. You know, <laughs> when your team was playing, it's like, God. Can like somebody please block that that guy? <laughs> and no, no, they could not. Was the answer? No. <laughs> uh, the Jaguars' uh, quarterback, not their starting quarterback, Josh Dobbs, said SpaceX teamwork reminded him of a football team. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't know how that made any sense to him in his head. But he said it. He's just trying to make a comment about space and us <laughs> and us going back, man. Yeah, yeah, it inspired him, I guess. Good for him. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Did you Did you watch the launch? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm all. I love SpaceX and Elon Musk companies. It's uh, the the launch was really cool to watch. Yeah. I gotta say, that was that was awesome. <clears throat> and the last piece of news no one cares about tragedy has struck rob gronkowski lost his wwe 24 7 belt while attempting to make a tiktok video in his backyard i'm gonna need a little more information (laughs) like i watched the video he he's out there with his buddy trying to make a tiktok video his buddy's filming it for him, and his buddy had set him up. He had on a ref shirt under his shirt. Obviously, he tore his shirt off, so he had a ref shirt on. And then the fake gardener, who was gardening with the wrong end of the rake, comes running over. <laughs> Turns out it's another WWE wrestler and rolls Gronk up and pins him. <laughs> Tragic. Dude, that's the saddest thing that I've ever heard happen to Gronk. That's terrible. <laughs> Somebody, some, the, send your condolences, please. The saddest part for me, though, about this was I was really hoping this would happen on the sideline during, like, a preseason <laughs> game. Oh, my gosh. That would have been so good. Because <laughs> he has to defend the belt at all times. So That's – is that what the 24-7 belt – I don't follow this at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you could literally lose it at any point. Yeah, they it, as oh, long that's... as they bring a ref with them, they can pin you anywhere. That's actually amazing. Yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> That's all the news no one cares about. We could do a whole podcast about that. I, I know. We may have. We're, there's going to be a spinoff at some point. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to fall into a YouTube rabbit hole after we do this episode. <laughs> I'll send that. you the links. <laughs> yes, please do. I've already gone down this hole. <laughs> Uh, so like, okay. Like Justin alluded to earlier in the show, we're going to be talking about the divisions, the fantasy relevance within the divisions. We're starting with the AFC West. No particular reason. It's just the first one that came to my mind because the Denver Broncos play there. And I think I like them a little bit. So, uh, I'll let Justin start first. I'll actually, I'll start with the Denver Broncos. Uh, I had them second on my list, but I'm scrolling down to them. All right, so the Denver Broncos, they don't have any fantasy relevance, guys. We can move on. No. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> okay, so I, I got it done by position. So we got Drew Locke there. I'm starting with the quarterback uh, because it's the leader of the team. Uh, Drew Locke, I think, is set to have a, a mud, like explode from where he was last year. They've added a bunch of offensive weapons to that team. Obviously, they're trying to build around him to to make this explosion happen for him. Uh, I think his current ADP is around QB 16. I have him a lot closer to the 10 mark. I think he's going to be flirting with that. Uh, 
uh, I want to say around, uh, I think I have them at 11 currently. I'll be putting out my rankings here shortly. I think we both will. Um, I'm but, showing it much, much lower than that. Oh, is he? It, it may have I'm just sure, been. I'm showing him at like 23. Oh, wow. Wow. Unless I'm looking at something something different here. I may have been looking at an old uh, ranking, too. Okay. I mean, nonetheless, I think Either even 16 way. is probably a little too low for him. Yeah, 20-something, <laughs> 16, both too low in my opinion with the weapons they've added. Now, I think part of this is uh, their, their team ran the ball 11% less than the average in the NFL – or passed the ball, sorry – 11% less than the average in the NFL last year. Uh, so I think that does hurt him some, but I think Drew Locke is a much, he's more athletic than Danny Dimes. And with uh, their head coach coming there, Shermer, I think you'll see more rushing coming out of Locke than you did out of Danny Dimes. I think you could see him rushing for upwards of 300 yards in the season and probably somewhere around four touchdowns. Wow. Uh, which, I mean, that's a great floor with a quarterback. Uh, yeah. Also, I <clears throat> uh, lost my spot on here. Here we go. Okay, but I think that rushing attack, too, will I think they will rush the ball more than they pass the ball. Uh, but I believe that that's going to help with uh, the quarterback play because you're going to have stacked boxes to stop the run, which is going to give him better targets. Uh, for those receivers he'll be more accurate this year than he was last year also another year in the NFL helps with that so I I think as as far as the quarterback go you could see him flirting with that top 10 uh, quarterback play let me ask you just a few um, just a few like comparisons here on who you would take Uh, Drew Locke or Jared Goff Drew Locke Drew Locke or Kirk Cousins Drew Locke Drew Locke or Baker Mayfield that one's a little bit harder, but I'm. Uh, I think I'm going Baker. Okay, uh, Drew Lock or last one here, Drew Lock or Matthew Stafford. 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 Okay, so that, yeah, I mean that puts him like eleven to fourteen range. I yeah. mean somewhere in there, and I think that honestly the ceiling is higher than eleven to fourteen for Drew Lock, um, but. I also fully recognize there's a lot of risk with with Drew Locke, who we haven't seen a lot of. He won a lot of games, but he didn't. He wasn't super fantasy relevant for those games. But I think Pat Shermer coming in—that's a really good point. And I didn't even think about the rushing possibility. Um, but I mean, it's literally like the cheat code to fantasy football is rushing <laughs> quarterbacks. So yeah, <clears throat> Ask all right, Lamar Jackson. Um, <laughs> All right, next I'm going to get into their running backs because obviously they had a running back change here. Uh, they brought in Melvin Gordon. Uh, they still have Philip Lindsay and, and uh, Freeman there. Uh, so with Melvin Gordon, well, I'm going to start with Philip Lindsay here. So after the bye week, uh, the split between Lindsay and Freeman went down quite like it drastically went towards Philip Lindsay after this. Uh, after their bye week, uh, Freeman went from 10.3 carries per game to 5.6 and 3.2 targets per game in the passing game to 2.3. Uh, and so th- this to me shows that they're not trying to be a running back by committee, which a lot of people fear with Melvin Gordon. Uh, so this isn't so much talking about Philip Lindsay as what they did last year and what I think you could project with Melvin Gordon going forward. Uh, Melvin Gordon had an atrocious 3.2 yards per carry last year, which is horrible. Now, that being said, I know you're on board with me at this. Yards per carry do not matter. Don't look at those. But he's getting hurt in his ADP due to that number, along with a few others. I think that's a lot more telling of the offensive line than it is of Melvin Gordon because we know what he can bring to the team and how versatile he can be. Uh, I think with when he gets there you're going to see a lot closer to about a 65 30 split between melvin gordon and Lindsay with uh a sprinkle and a freeman there so he's gonna i think he will be that like kind of a bell cow back with a slight split yeah i i agree i think um <clears throat> i think that De- Devonte freeman not Devonte freeman <laughs> wrong freeman 
<laughs> yeah, I think Freeman is definitely kind of off the table for most fantasy leagues. I know there's some deeper leagues where you'll definitely he'll find a roster spot, but he won't be starting. Yeah, but yeah, I think the a lot of people are kind of subscribing to the idea that there's going to be a 50-50 split here because Philip Lindsay's been pretty effective. I, I don't really subscribe to that. I, I do think they brought Melvin Gordon in to be the lead back. And I think it's going to be closer to like what we had in Cleveland at the end of the second half of the season where Nick Chubb was the guy, but Kareem Hunt got some good work in there. Yeah. And I think that's kind of going to be more similar what we have here in Denver this season where Melvin Gordon will be the guy. He'll get most of the touches. Philip Lindsay will come in as that third down guy, sort of like a change of pace running running back and he'll be effective for sure and he'll be started in and actually some leagues but melvin gordon's a guy you want to own in this backfield yeah and then this is where it gets a little bit more convoluted for me uh the wide receivers <laughs> so there's two notable wide receivers in denver now you have jerry judy and Cortland sutton uh, mm -hmm. both these guys i just i love both of them they're both athletes that are just amazing at what they do uh now jerry judy in college dominated in the slot position so i think he's gonna slip into that role here in uh um denver and uh pat Shermer likes to run 11 personnel uh formations or sets so i think he's gonna slide him in there and run jerry judy there which i think he's going to produce a lot it's going to take him a little bit to kind of get to that nfl level to see that production out of him you usually see that in wide receivers but he's a great route runner which is fantastic uh <clears throat> but i do think this hurts uh noah fant a little bit with him running that slot and, and from how much we love noah fant previously i'll talk a little bit more about him here in a second but i think judy probably won't be super he's not going to be as he's not going to help fantasy as much as he is the actual team of denver i think he's going to be crucial in their team success but fantasy wise i think he's probably going to be like a wide receiver four maybe a, a low end three uh i think sutton is going to still be a wide receiver two due to that them running the ball so much and stuff he's i don't think he's quite going to be there and I think they're going to spread the ball out a little bit. So you'll see uh, multiple other players getting the ball, but those are the two that are going to absorb the majority of the catches. Yeah, I, I mostly agree. I do think that Jerry Judy will find some fantasy relevance, actually like significant fantasy relevance by the end of the season. Yeah. I don't think I don't think you should draft him expecting him to be like a, a wide receiver too or like a top 20 right away. But I think, you know, if we look at, say, like the last six games of the season, there's a chance that he's like top 20 wide receiver for those last six games. It's going to be what, hard to hold on to him, though, to get there. Well, I think it, it it just depends on the size of your league, right? Like, Yeah, for sure. The, the, the mock draft that we just did uh, was 12, 12 teams, and he went fairly early there. Um I think it was like round seven or eight. And then, but my other problem is w what uh, I'm about to talk about is Noah Fant. Is the, I think these guys are hurting each other because I, I think Jerry Judy's going to get a lot of yardage, but I think Noah Fant's going to get more end zone targets or red zone targets and, and get steal some of those touchdowns that would normally go to Judy in that slot position. And, and that's what kind of scares me off from him a little bit uh on both of them i i love noah fant's ability i know we both were really high on him at the beginning of the off season uh but with them bringing judy in there it, i think it hurt him quite a bit uh, i have him outside of my top 12 tight ends now which i had him pretty pretty high uh previous to this and it's that yardage thing i'm worried about i, I think that he's going to be uh like week to week i think he could be a top five tight end but it's going to be extremely touchdown dependent, which I don't like to depend on that. Yeah, that I, yeah, I, I kind of agree. I, I am still kind of targeting Noah Fant in a lot of drafts, though, just based on where I'm getting him. And 
dynasty, I still love him. <laughs> yeah. I I just I kind of put him in in that like TJ Hawkinson, right? Like I, I don't yeah, I have them I I like both of them, but I like Fant more than Hawkinson. So do I. I, I like Fant more than Hawkinson, but you're getting them around the same place in the draft, and yeah. and it's like you're waiting on tight end if you're getting either of those guys at this point, and and that's why I'm like, well, I'm gonna go with Fant. It's an up and coming offense. The offense is moving in the right direction, and I mean, who's to say that he he all three of them can't be somewhat effective, right? And yeah. if I if I get like if I get like consistent points out of my tight end, I'm pretty happy, right? So. uh I don't know. I, I'm targeting Fant in a lot of drafts just because I'm not going tight end early very often. Yeah, I, I I haven't been. I've done a few drafts where I've gone tight end early, and I haven't liked how my team has gone after that. So yeah, I'm it has to work out be. really well. You got to have the right running backs fall to you if you take somebody like Travis Kelsey or George Kittle early. And but I have been. I I notice I have been uh, in a lot of drafts going tight end around like rounds nine or ten. And I feel like I could still get good value there without yeah. sacrificing much on my team. Sure, sure. All right, are we moving on to the Chiefs? Yes. All right, let's talk about the Chiefs. Uh, so first thing I want to talk about with the Chiefs is Pat Pat Mahomes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes right now is the number two quarterback in a lot of drafts, and I I really don't agree <laughs> with, do with that ranking. Uh, he is the number one quarterback in the NFL and in fantasy for me right now. I understand that Lamar Jackson had a historic season uh, in 2019. I understand that he runs the ball better than anybody we've ever seen in the NFL possibly. Uh, and I understand that he has shown that he has an incredible arm. But I, I, I think Pat Mahomes would be the number one fantasy quarterback right now had he not gotten hurt halfway through the season. I think that's what really held him down. Coming off a Super Bowl victory... Uh, you could argue that his offense has only gotten stronger in the offseason with drafting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who I'll talk about in just a moment. And the nice thing about Pat Mahomes, if we're going to talk about value, is he's falling some in some drafts in the, to the late fourth round or even very early fifth. And if I were... I would... Pick, I, we're, I mean, I'm completely against drafting quarterback early, yeah. but I'm taking that every time. Yeah. Yes. If I'm on the turn uh, of the fourth round... I'll take Pat Mahomes if he's there in the fourth round or late fourth, early fifth. Pat Mahomes will not go past me at that point. And I'm with Justin. Justin, I, unfortunately for you guys, you don't see a different perspective because him and I both fully subscribe to taking quarterbacks late. But in this situation, if I get Pat Mahomes in the fifth round, I am very, very happy. Um, that being said, there are going to be lots of drafts where he goes in the third round, where there's going to be lots of drafts where it goes Lamar Jackson in the second, and then late second, Pat Mahomes goes because Lamar Jackson went. So um, don't reach for him, but if he falls to you in that late fourth round, he's an instant draft, in my opinion. Um, especially because you could have three starting running backs at that point and, and then grab Pat Mahomes instead of a wide receiver. So um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I'll be completely honest I wasn't super high on him right when they drafted him. It was like, oh, great, another Kansas City running back to go out there and perform really well some weeks, not perform at all other weeks, not even get to touch the ball sometimes. I've been doing a lot more research into Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I firmly do believe, do believe that he is not the best running back in the draft, but he landed in probably the best situation. Damian Williams... I don't think is going to be so much of a factor here. That being said, I think he will be a little bit of a factor. He will touch the ball. Do not believe that Damian Williams will just completely disappear. Uh, and same goes for Darwin Thompson. Darwin Thompson will also get some touches. I don't think we're looking at a bell cow back here. We're not looking at a, um, like a Le'Veon Bell situation. That's, not going to happen in Kansas City. Uh, I know Andy Reid has come out and said things like, you know, CEH is reminding is better than what was it, Brian Westbrook? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, first of all, I've said this before. I don't think it's fair to put these kind of comparisons on these young kids, but he did, and <laughs> just, just don't listen to that crap. All right, he's very good. He's very talented. He was taken in the first round, the only running back taken in the first round. He will get lots of work. 
but do not draft him as your number one running back. I, I, I think there's too much risk there. This time next year, I could be sitting here saying, man, Clyde Edwards Hilaire totally killed it. He was a top five back last year. But we have to play the odds here. And I think it is not smart to just expect that that's going to happen just because he was taken in the first round. We could, any other running back could have been taken in the first round and this conversation could be completely different. It's just don't, don't subscribe to the fact that he is the end all be all talent at rookie running back this season. He's very good. You can definitely draft him, but I would want him as my second running back, not my first running back. Unless you go like wide receiver, wide receiver, uh, you could consider it. I don't know if he'll be available, but that might be okay. But I think that's a riskier way of drafting. Um, for the wide receivers uh, in Kansas City, uh, the top is Tyreek Hill. Um, Tyreek Hill is being drafted very, very high right now. Just looking at the consensus rankings at the moment, he is considered number two. I don't agree with that. I don't I'm, think that I'm like our resident Tyreek Hill, like truther since like he came into the NFL and yeah. I, I, that that's too high. <laughs> it is too high. Uh, Tyreek Hill will totally just win you a week out of nowhere because uh, he'll have three touchdowns and 175 yards on six, ca- six catches. He'll, he'll do that. I, I guarantee you that we'll see a I'm similar stat sure line. He's gotten me three touchdowns on two catches somehow. <laughs> it's crazy uh he threw it and caught it um i i do think that people like Devonte adams julio jones deandre hopkins and maybe even chris godwin will be ahead of tyreek hill come the end of the season uh when it comes to points per game which really is what matters total points uh at the end of the season it's great it's uh, it's a starting point if you're just trying to like figure out where people fall fantasy ranking wise but it's points per game that we really care about he's going to lose you probably just as many weeks as he's going to win you just because of the boom bust I, I i'm trying not to say boom bust because i feel like everybody says boom bust and it's overused yeah. and it's just a cliche but it's true he, he is i think he's a little better than your average boom bust wide receiver which is why i'm i'm happy to have him as my number one wide receiver He's just not going to be as consistent as Julio Jones. He's not going to be as consistent as DeAndre Hopkins or Chris Godwin. It's just, I don't think it's going to happen. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, for sure. Devontae Adams had such a down year for touchdowns last season, so it's going to get better for him, and I would have Devontae ahead of Tyreek Hill. But Tyreek Hill is going to be still amazing. He has an amazing quarterback we just talked about in Patrick Mahomes. <clears throat> As for the other wide receivers in Kansas City, this is where it starts to get a little bit hairier for me. Um, Sammy Watkins is going to be staying there. I didn't. I actually didn't expect him to stay. And Mecole Hartman is making a sophomore, the um, sophomore stand. Uh, and I think that Mecole Hartman has a chance to pass up Sammy Watkins as the number two wide receiver in Kansas City this season. Especially on points per game. <laughs> yeah, especially on points per game. We talked we just talked about that with Tyreek Hill. Sammy Watkins, I said it on this show after week one last season when Sammy Watkins went out and had three touchdowns, had a huge stat line. Everybody started he was a number one waiver pickup by everybody. I didn't even put a waiver claim in for him. Didn't want him. Was not interested. I told everybody else to avoid him. He was literally a ghost for the rest yeah. of the season. I, I remember saying this before the season even started that Sammy Watkins does this. And yep. I remember after week one, someone like talking to me like, but Sammy Watkins just killed it. Did you see that? And I'm like, yeah. And he's not going to do that again for the rest of the season. Right. <laughs> I, I think, it, you know, if, if somebody wanted to take Sammy Watkins with their last pick, their last roster spot, and hope that he does that again in week one or two and then flip him in some great trade great like go ahead and do that if that's the strategy you want to go it could work out great for you it could also just be a wasted roster spot but it's your last pick or so and that's fine with me i don't think he'll fall that far to be honest with you but um i would avoid him me hartman now, this is somebody that I would rather take a chance on as like my fourth wide receiver on my roster. Michael Hartman here could really emerge. He's a young wide receiver 
working with Pat Mahomes, a young quarterback. These guys are going to grow together. They're going to like they're going to establish a much stronger connection, I guess. Him and Tyreek Hill already work well together, but there needs to be another established wide receiver on that roster, and I do believe that it will be Meikle Hartman. Fast, very, very fast. He could basically, I imagine their game plan being either Tyreek goes deep or Meikle goes deep, and the other one cuts under, and one of them will be open. And and I think that if I were going to take a chance on another wide receiver, if I were going to draft one on this team, it would be Meikle Hartman every time over Sammy Watkins. I, I just imagine like when they're coming up with the game plans, just uh, like the scene from Talladega Nights with Ricky Bobby. Just yeah. Where they're, he's like, I want to go fast. <laughs> I want to go fast. <laughs> uh, that's really funny. <laughs> uh, and just, just to touch on Travis Kelsey, if there was a tight end I was going to take early, if I was going to do tight end early, it would be Travis Kelsey. And I mean no disrespect to George Kittle. It The tiebreaker is Pat Mahomes. That's just, that's it for me. Like, I think that George Kittle's very, very talented. He reminds me of a lot of Gronk. Maybe that's has to do a little bit with his personality, but he reminds me a lot of Gronkowski. But Travis Kelsey has Pat Mahomes throwing him the ball. And I think that if you're going to try and find a tiebreaker, that's the one to pay attention to. Man, something I've noticed with these with the elite tight or the top tight ends, which I mean, kind of sidetracked here, but um, is all the like top tight ends, at least in my rankings, all share a very similar thing that there is no number two wide receiver on that team, really. Like yeah. here, it's kind of like, does Mecole take that step forward? Maybe, you know, he does, maybe he doesn't, but he hasn't yet. And Kelsey's been feasting. You got the same thing with Kittle, uh, Waller, all, all these like top end uh, tight ends. Yeah. Yeah. And Kelsey, maybe I should have brought him up before I talked about me, Cole. But yes, I, I do think that the biggest person standing in me, Cole's way isn't Sammy Watkins. It's Travis Kelsey. Like physically so. the biggest or? Both, <laughs> both. Uh, but honestly, if you want to go tight end early, if that's the route you want to take, which I will admit it, it is a legitimate, uh, it's a legitimate strategy. It's beaten us in our league. The Twice. guy that won the last two seasons went tight end early and took two of them and flexed a tight end. Uh, and it has worked for him. I don't know if it's the best, but it worked for him. And he beat, he beat us twice. He beat me in the championship last, last season. So uh, just if you do that, just make sure that you're very, very well versed in these later round right, running backs. So that way you can build a strong team uh, despite not having one of those first round running backs. So Okay, tag, you're it, Justin. Oh, I'm ready. All right, so I'm going to talk about the Chargers here, the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, so they've had some changes. You got Philip Rivers out, you got Melvin Gordon out, you got Tyrod Taylor in, and then they drafted a rookie running back, uh, Kelly. Um, so I'm gonna get into, I'm gonna start with the quarterback position here. So, uh, Tyrod Taylor, uh, or T-Mobile, as I, I like to refer to him as. It's a good one because he likes to run. He's right. mobile, very mobile. <laughs> so I would avoid him in a one quarterback league. Uh, I think he's probably going to be around more where, uh, more around where uh, Drew Locke's ADP is uh, that I was talking about uh, in that mid to to late uh, second quarterback area. And I, I don't think he finishes the season as their starting quarterback, as they also drafted Justin Herbert. So just keep that in mind. If you are in a two-quarterback league, I might avoid him in altogether just so I don't have to deal with that situation at some point. Um, but I think that his rushing does give him a safe floor, as he is T-Mobile, so he's running the ball. Uh, but I just want to make sure you guys are weary of, of that rookie quarterback breathing down his neck that you know they want to put in at some point this season yeah 
I, uh, I, Tyrod Taylor, while I love Tyrod Taylor and I think that he's been fan- very fantasy relevant throughout his entire starting career, I don't think his life is long there as a charger, unfortunately. Yeah. I, Justin Herbert, would you draft Justin Herbert in, in Dynasty? Like, how, how much. Yes, effort I did getting him. <laughs> I did actually in a recent dynasty draft. I took uh, Herbert and I have uh, Tyrod Taylor on my team because I took Tyrod Taylor in this as a startup. We did our startup dynasty draft and we started with uh, existing players and then did the rookie draft after. So I took Tyrod Taylor super late in the draft and then I traded up in the in the uh, rookie draft to get uh, Justin Herbert. You know, it was kind of a trick question because you and I did the exact same thing in the <laughs> the team that we that's right yes yes in a dynasty rookie draft this season we we took Tyrod Taylor and we took Justin Herbert and we needed quarterback help and I expect one of these guys to be good I expect one of them to use the weapons that he's surrounded with because there are weapons on that team yeah and i do think herbert will and dynasty will be a great pickup i think he's gonna be a, a a pretty good quarterback in the nfl yeah i do he looks very he looks nfl or close to nfl ready yeah uh more so than some of his classmates for sure um so now i'm gonna get into the running back so we got austin eckler there as the primary running back uh, they did draft uh, Joshua Kelly, at, obviously a rookie, and you have Justin Jackson there as well. Uh, Austin Eckler is going to be the guy there. He's the main dude. We saw it last year while Melvin Gordon held out. Then Melvin Gordon came back, and he was still a beast. So no concern there. I'm not worried about Kelly taking Austin Eckler's job from him. Uh, Austin Eckler has great pass catching ability too. He's a stud in PPR. T-Mobile loves to check down to check down his passes, which I think is super beneficial to Austin Eckler. Uh, and he's a great runner with great vision as well on the field. So I think they're going to lean super heavy on Eckler to carry this team uh, this season. So I, I, that's definitely a target for me for this draft. Yeah, I like Austin Eckler a lot, and he's moving down boards right now. He's yeah. slowly creeping down outside of the top 10 running backs currently at number 13. Which means and he can be your your second-round pick or maybe even third-round pick, depending on how your yeah. league drafts. Yeah, there is a world where you could have Austin Eckler as your third running back, and that's incredible, right? We talked about the cheat code with, with quarterbacks being able to rush the ball. The cheat code with running backs is being able to catch the ball. And Austin Eckler can definitely (laughs) catch the ball. As long as you're in some sort of PPR league or half-point PPR, which you should be. If your league's not, make sure you talk to that commissioner. Or just tell him to talk to us. Send me an email. Page me. I'll I'll come find you. (laughs) I'll fix it. Page Page me. I got my beeper on me at all times. Uh, Of course. It's 2020, man. Come on. (laughs) Got to be reachable. Gotta be reachable. Uh, I do think Kelly, uh, you need him later, much, much later towards the back of the draft as a solid handcuff because I think if uh, Eckler does go down, that's Kelly's job. Justin Jackson is a great running back, but he's a pass-catching running back. He's not a well-rounded running back. So you're going to see him only in pass-catching roles and on special teams. That's yeah, what I he's think- going to do his work. I think he's going to need a lot of special teams work. Uh, unfortunately for him, Austin Eckler is an established pass catcher too, like I just said, and it just doesn't leave a lot of work or a lot of room for Justin Jackson to to get out there. But yeah. maybe maybe this is the year he'll get a bunch of work, but I doubt it. No, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, the wide receivers there. Uh, so you have Keenan Allen. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Uh, you have Keenan Allen. Uh, so Keenan Allen's going to be just fine. He's 27 years old, which was, I, I always imagine him being older. I don't know why. I, he's just seems like a mature wide receiver. I, I did have Keenan Allen as one of my, um, 
not what's the opposite of risers. Well, we had risers and fallers. I Keenan is one of my fallers. And um, just to be clear, it has no. I don't expect Keenan Allen to be bad. I yeah. just don't expect Keenan Allen to be as good as he was. Yeah, yeah. When I say he's going to be just fine, I mean like he's going to be impacted probably the least out of the entire wide receiver core here. Uh, I think their whole wide receiver core is hurt by um, Philip Rivers leaving, but uh, I think Keenan Allen is still going to remain relevant and and the top pass catcher there. Uh, and will be hurt the least out of it because he, uh, Philip Rivers did have an off season uh, last season. So I think as T-Mobile, I do believe is a lesser quarterback than Philip Rivers. With Philip Rivers having a bad year, it's not going to be a huge net loss for Keenan Allen. Uh, so he will remain relevant in, in my opinion. Uh, and then. Uh, yeah, I was terrified when Philip Rivers first left for Keenan Allen as well. Uh, yeah, and then as I look closer, I'm I still I think he's going to be on the verge, like bottom, probably top end wide receiver two, is where I have him, or wide receiver two realm. So like between wide receiver thirteen and, and probably fifteen. Uh, so if you go running back early, uh, this is a guy that you might be able to grab as a wide receiver. If you go running back, running back, running back, uh, yeah. if he falls that far, which I think he might. Yeah, um, I, I definitely think he'll, he'll be falling pretty far in a lot of drafts. Yeah. And then Williams is their other wide receiver there. He, he's had 1,001 yard receiving with two touchdowns, uh, equaling 112 fantasy points in his entire career uh i was like where's he going with this that's not good (laughs) (laughs) he's like the definition of a boomer bust player as you're talking about like there will be one game where he gets all of these fantasy points and then he will vanish for the rest of the year so uh the I, i think that this is like horrible for like him to have Philip Rivers leaving T-Mobile is checking the passes down more often when he's that deep, deep threat on the team. Yeah. I, he'll have a, a big day, maybe two. Uh, his season will be amazing if he has three big days, basically yeah. like and that. Yeah. Last year he had the most targets he saw in his entire, like in his career with 90 and you're going to see that plummet this year with the shorter passes, I, I expect, on that team. Uh, he averaged 3.3 receptions per game and 66 yards per game. That's not doing much for your team. So yeah, I'm, I'm avoiding him because I don't want the headache of guessing which week to start this guy. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on board. I'm tracking. Yeah. And then the last pass catcher on the team is Hunter Henry. So Hunter Henry eclipsed 95 fantasy points uh, in 2019 on 652 yards receiving, five touchdowns. He received 76 of 98 targets that went to the tight end position on that team, which is 78%, and he played 12 games, which means he missed four of the games, and he got 78% of the targets on that team for the tight end position. So he's going to be solid. He's going to be on yeah. that field catching the as, ball. And, as long as he's on the field. Yeah, yeah. As long as he's on the field, you can depend on him to to be consistent on your team. And as I talked about, team, uh, I keep going back to this, T-Mobile likes to check down passes. This is the perfect opportunity for him to get some extra targets. So I think it's you're going to see him uh, on the verge, uh, if he stays healthy, on the verge of a top five tight end range this year. And that's great because he's being ranked way below that. So I think you could get him for a steal. Right on. Uh, Okay. So last and maybe least, I don't know, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, (laughs) The Las Vegas Raiders are moving to a new town. The second year of... Gosh, what's their head coach's name? <laughs> oh, the Grinders. Yeah. 
John Gruden. Uh, John Gruden, second year as a head coach for the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, first guy I want to talk about here is a quarterback in Derek Carr. Now, it's really fun to make fun of Derek Carr, and I think that's mostly because John Gruden's there. Uh, Derek Carr had arguably his best NFL season in 2019, if you believe that or not. He played all 16 games. He I, had the I do highest... believe it because, as I told you, I actually forgot who was talking about who and did a bunch of research on the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not talking to you, Justin. I'm talking to the <laughs> management team. Yeah. Uh, highest quarterback rating of his career at 100.8. 100.8. Uh, 361 completions on 513 attempts, which gave him his best completion percentage of 70.4%. He had 4,054 yards, so he broke 4,000 yards passing for the second time in his career. Second he, his, year in a row. Second year in a row, that's right. Uh, his com- yards per attempt also increased to 7.9. Previous highest was the year before at 7.3. I think that that uh, yards per attempt will increase again this season with Henry Ruggs joining the team, who we'll talk about in a moment. 21 touchdowns, that number's a little low. To be completely honest with you, I, I expect it to be a little higher, but I think the offense was pretty anemic last season, and and this is part of the reason why. Uh, on only eight interceptions, really good. Uh, that's actually a pretty good ratio. Um, and then he was only sacked 29 times last season, whereas the, the season previous, it was 51 times. <laughs> so um, Derek Carr, for me, is a really sneaky second quarterback. In two quarterback leagues, super flex leagues, I would be really happy to have Derek Carr as my second quarterback. I I don't I don't subscribe to the idea that Marcus Mariota is going to take his starting position at all. I was going to ask you about that. I don't I don't subscribe to it whatsoever. Uh, if Derek Carr plays the exact same as he did last season, there would be zero reason to sit him. Now, if they lose a bunch of games again. Maybe, but I don't think Marcus Mariota walks in and starts winning them a bunch of games. <laughs> I know that Marcus Mariota showed flashes early in his career of being a really good quarterback. I still think Derek Carr is better. Yeah, still the only quarterback that I know of that threw a touchdown pass to himself. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, like I said, Derek Carr, two quarterback leagues, super flex leagues, Really good pickup. And I do think you can stream him week to week too if you're streaming yes. quarterbacks. Yeah, if you go out there and you take like the Baker Mayfield risk, which I'm I am a proponent right. of. I yeah, <laughs> I, I think the Baker Mayfield might be a fun a fun risk this season. But we could end up getting this exact same thing that we did in twenty nineteen with Baker Mayfield, and he'll just start streaming, right? Derek Carr against any like bottom half defense is a pretty good bet uh that you're gonna get like 275 and two out of him right uh it could be better than that it could be three and three 303 yards to be honest with you i wouldn't be surprised and that brings me to the next guy i want to talk about which is henry ruggs currently rookie wide receiver henry ruggs who i guess i need to report is apparently doing just fine after helping his friend move and he got some really bad cut or like puncture wound i don't know I'm trying to think how that could happen. And uh, there's not a lot of information out there. They're trying to keep his privacy. I respect that. Apparently, he's fine. I'm not going to worry about it. I know, but the one thing I will say is I'm having flashbacks to Antonio Brown. <sighs> I know, right? No, it's fine. It'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> Henry Ruggs was the first wide receiver taken in the 2020 NFL draft. Not my first pick, right? If it were me drafting for the Raiders, it would not have been Henry Ruggs III. But there are a lot of people that do fully subscribe to Henry Ruggs being right where he was supposed to be when he was drafted. Uh, Very fast guy, also a very good route runner in Henry Ruggs. I I do believe that Henry Ruggs will be fantasy relevant this season. He's also the 58th ranked wide receiver currently consensus rankings, which is kind of crazy. To me, people ahead of him are Deshaun Jackson, Sammy Watkins, Curtis Samuel. Uh, we got Alshon Jeffrey ahead of him, Golden Tate ahead of him. I don't know if I'm willing to take any of those guys ahead of Henry Ruggs. I'm Justin, not. No, no, definitely right. not because 
Henry Ruggs, unlike any of those guys, is probably the the number one wide receiver on his team for a quarterback who has thrown over 4,000 yards two years in a row. Exactly. Uh, I would take Henry Ruggs ahead of all those guys. Henry Ruggs is like, like if I, I I would be very happy as as my fourth wide receiver or even as my third if I went running back heavy, my third wide receiver is Henry Ruggs. That could work out really really well. We could see a Tyreek Hill situation here. Uh, Justin predicted that that blow up, uh, and honestly everything's kind of moving in that same direction. There's a legitimate running back on the team. There's a quarterback that knows what he's doing. I'm not going to put him in the same league as league as Patrick Mahomes, but Derek Carr can get the ball out there. He had effective years and games with Amari Cooper. Uh, Henry Ruggs could be at least as good as Amari Cooper in fantasy. And I understand Amari Cooper isn't the best in fantasy, but he also wasn't ranked the 58th wide receiver when you were <laughs> drafting him. So uh, other wide receivers on that team, Hunter Renfro, uh, Hunter Renfro currently 63rd ranked wide receiver. I would actually probably take Hunter Renfro over some of the guys that I mentioned before, but I definitely want Ruggs before I want Renfro. I agree uh, completely and then, with that. And Tyrell Williams currently ranked 68th. I'm not going to touch Tyrell Williams. I'm not going to take the third wide receiver on an offense that I expect to be around middle of the pack when it comes to total offense. The third wide receiver on any team around there is pretty much irrelevant. What about Nelson Aguilar? Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, that was really mean. All right, so we're going to go to running backs now, and there's really only one guy I want to talk about here, and that's Josh Jacobs. Justin's a huge fan of Josh Jacobs. I'm becoming a huge fan of Josh Jacobs. <laughs> Stop it, Perry. Stop it. I was a little worried about his ability to stay healthy, uh, getting all that work. He didn't necessarily stay healthy, but he did stay on the field. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he's the Julio Jones of running backs. I think it's more he. I think a lot of times with Julio Jones, Julio is afraid that he got hurt, and then it turns out he didn't. Whereas Josh Jacobs is like, "No, nah, I'm hurt, but don't don't worry about it. Don't worry <laughs> about it." Like. This kid is tough, and he's a really good running back. He has slowly crept up into the top 10, which is very disappointing for me because I want him to stay closer to that like 13, 14 spot. But unfortunately, he's ranked ninth right now. Which right behind is Nick. Still lower than where I have him in my rankings. Yeah, I, I think that I would have Josh Jacobs ahead of Nick Chubb possibly ahead of joe mixon him and joe mixon are pretty close to me if i had to pick one though i would take josh, josh jacobs over joe mixon yeah so i would say josh jacobs is higher in my rankings if it came to me in the draft on the back end of the first round i'm taking joe mixon with the hope that josh jacob falls to me because i know joe that, mixon's ranked higher in most leagues or most that was APs. That was my next point uh, <laughs> is Josh Jacobs right now is at a very unique spot where if you're on the turn, you could be sitting with Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones as your two starting running backs. And normally when you're drafting at that spot, you start thinking of like, well, maybe I should go wide receiver, wide receiver, or I'm not going to end up with one of these top running backs. Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, Kenyon Drake. Three guys that you could literally have at the turn right there could end up in the as a top four running back this season. All all three of them could end up there. That's legitimately a possibility with these guys. And that's why I really like Josh Jacobs in this draft, because he could be your number two running back. There's a there is a world where that happens, especially in these PPR leagues where wide receivers start to move up in the draft. And these kind of like running backs that people aren't sure on are 100% on, start to fall down just a little bit. Josh Jacobs, I'm very sure on Josh Jacobs, and I understand that he doesn't catch the ball a ton. I'm fine Please with allow how me much to he catches the ball. here on this. <laughs> so Josh Jacobs, you know, like last year, that was his biggest uh, knock against him as he doesn't catch the ball, which obviously continues into the offseason, and that's why he's ranked where he is, which is true. He did not. He also finished 7th in rushing yards amongst running backs last year and 14th overall. So if you expect him to move up in that ranking at all on pass catching, 
from that rock bottom floor he was at, if yeah. you expect any improvement, then he's being ranked too low. Yeah, I. It's totally that is totally correct. So if you were sitting at the turn, or you're sitting like the eleventh spot in a twelve team draft, please, please grab him. Grab him with either your first or second pick, and I and I guarantee you that you're going to be very happy, assuming he stays healthy, and and, and on Sanders the field. Rising up now, people are grabbing Miles Sanders before Josh Jacobs in some drafts. This is crazy to me. Josh yeah. Jacobs was the best running back, <laughs> rookie running back last year. Don't be yeah. confused. Nothing has changed. He's still the best sophomore running back. Yeah, I think that that's definitely a, a safe assumption. Now, uh, you could end up with Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders if yeah, you wanted okay to go that, that route. <laughs> but I but uh, I, I firmly believe that Josh Jacobs will be a very solid pickup for a lot of late drafting teams. Or late, you get a later, later pick. pick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last guy to talk about here is uh, from the tight end situation, and that's Darren Waller. I've gone back and forth on Darren Waller. I'm having a lot of trouble committing, <laughs> committing to Darren Waller. Where are and you at right of, now? <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of up on Darren Waller. Me too. I'm back in. I'm back in. <laughs> yeah, I'm back in on Darren Waller. I picked up Darren Waller in the recent mock draft we did, and I ended up really liking my team, just because where I got him. And this is the reason why. After Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz. That's where the big question marks start to come in. The guarantees start to go out the window at that point. The next guys on the list are Darren Waller, Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, Jared Cook, Tyler Higby. There are no guarantees in that list my, my, whatsoever. For for me, it goes after that. It goes Hunter Henry and then Waller. Sure, I'm just reading the consensus right Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying if I had to organize those guys, that's how how I would do it. Uh, but. I, Waller's I would go Darren Waller. <laughs> yes, I would go Waller because he's the safer pick. He was peppered with targets at a certain point in the season last season. Now, is that because uh, Amari Cooper left? Maybe. That's maybe part of it. But I, I firmly believe that Darren Waller has kind of cemented himself as a legit threat on that team and, and a legit target that they're going to be trying to get the ball in his hands. He's athletic. Things happen when he gets the ball. Good things happen when he gets the ball. And I think that he will actually be the number two wide receiver on that team or the number two receiver on that team from the tight end position, very similar to Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, um, but on a smaller scale, of course. Uh, so I Darren Waller. Also say I also have Ertz below both of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ertz is a tough one, man. Uh, there's there's two legitimate tight ends on that team. Yeah. And they brought in another wide receiver now. Yeah, Dallas Goddard being as low as he is while Zach Ertz being as high as he is right now in consensus rankings is kind of weird to me, but we'll talk about that when we get to their division. Uh, Darren Waller, you can draft him at a really, really good spot uh, where he falls in this weird... It happened to me, I'm, uh, so I'm speaking from experience, where... I didn't want any of the wide receivers that were available. The running backs that were available were all just kind of handcuffs or, you know, third down guys. I wasn't really comfortable. And I wa I didn't want to reach up for my quarterback yet. Darren Waller was just sitting there like, oh, this is perfect. Uh, so just pay attention to stuff like that. I know we say you don't need to draft a tight end early, but don't force yourself into a player that you know you're not really that into because you're like, well, the rule said, you know, Perry said, don't draft tight end. It's like, no, draft the tight end when it fits your team correctly. Yeah, when there are when, guys surrounding. When one surround falls to a value. Right. When there are guys surrounding that tight end you like that you just, they're just not doing it for you, draft that tight end. Yeah. And a lot of times that's going to be Darren Waller. Yeah. And I'm just going to throw on top of that. He finished with uh, this season with the second most uh, yardage of uh any tight end so that's just something to keep in mind he is an athletic beast out there on that field he could he could finish as the third tight end yeah i, I don't think he'll he'll pass <laughs> I have Travis that exact thing Hill. written in front of yeah. me <laughs> but if he, he could finish the season ahead of mark andrews and zach Ertz. yeah no doubt no doubt in my mind yeah okay well i think that covers the entire afc west 
thinking yeah. that next week we could do the NFC West, Perry, and just move oh, yeah. by already, region. It's already on my board, man. All right. Awesome. So uh, we'll catch you guys next week uh, with the NFC West. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.